You are listening to Mommying While Muslim Podcast, where hosts Uzma and Zeba share their personal stories of mommying in a post-9-11 world. This podcast is designed with the Muslim American mom in mind, so grab a cup of coffee and pull up to their table. Assalamualaikum, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Mommying While Muslim. This is Uzma Jaffrey. Assalamualaikum. This is Zeba Hassan. It's so nice to see you this week, Uzma. I know. Eid Mubarak, Zeba. Eid Tell Mubarak. me all about your awesome day. Well, you know, we get to celebrate it for three days. This is day number yes. two, <laughs> which is really exciting and happens to be Memorial Day. So I definitely wanted to give a shout out to our veterans and thank you so much for your service. Um, yeah, Eid was like, I have to say, really amazing. A lot better then I think we would have imagined COVID the 2020 to be. And I think it's because I wasn't trying to rush and try to get to certain places. I wasn't like yelling at my kids to hurry up and go, 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 go. Like we kind of were more in the go with the flow, you know, relaxed atmosphere that I think everybody enjoyed so much better. Like, I don't know. How was it for you guys? I really enjoyed it. It was so laid back and awesome. Now, I don't know. I'm pretty sure in Virginia too, the massage did a really good job about having those drive-throughs and drive-by Eid Mubarak's and stuff. So our massage did the same thing. However, they were all really early in the morning. And I was like, I'm going to take it as a gift from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we don't have to get up at Fajr time and start getting ready so we can be out the door in time for an 8 a.m. Salah. So I was like, let me just, let, I, everything was ready at night, right? So I had cooked everything, all the clothes were ironed, everything was done. I went to bed at 10.30 on an Eid night, which was insane. Ooh. And then I slept in until 10. Good for you, I, girl. You, know, you yes, needed it. That meant I missed her, but I was like, <laughs> yes. I really want to sleep today. That's like yes. my Eid gift to myself. So no, we didn't do the parades. We didn't do the thousand goodie bags, but we had a very laid back, awesome Eid. Had brunch with um, somebody who comes to our house on the daily, who also social distances, like our family is the only family that she hangs out with. Um, so we went there and then in the evening we hung, hung out at grandma's pool. Out in the heat. So it was like, great. You know, the kids, of course, did tell us at the end of the night after having received hundreds of dollars in gifts. I'm sure. That's the easy money. My God, we didn't have any fun lucky. because we didn't see our friends. And I was like, you know what? Um, we had a great time this Eid. Yes. So I'm going to say it was a success. I loved it. SubhanAllah, there was so much butaka in Eid this year. I'm really pleased with the way it went. Yes. And we're like, I mean, to be honest with you, we, because I think we don't have any family or anything that lives here and we don't necessarily are that connected to the local community. We kind of always are by ourselves on Eid. So my kids did not miss, miss they, they don't miss that part of it, but we were all literally forced to be together. So they were like, this is the best Eid we've ever had. So oh, for them, awesome. they really, really enjoyed it. But the one thing I did want to, um, I know we always talk about our this week's events, but you know, it was, you were definitely missed last at our last week's episode. <laughs> so I, we all want to get a little bit of an update about what's going on with you. Um, and yeah. how's your, how's Rania doing? How are you doing? And kind of give us an update if you don't mind sharing. 
No, no, not at all. Thank you so much, everybody, for the dua and the well wishes. Like, we really felt the love from our mom community here, and we hope that that's something that each individual mom in our community can share. Like, she can count on it from all of us. So please, if you ever need a community dua, post it, let us know. We will get the word out. We will talk about it on an episode to make sure that your kids and your families get the dua that they need. Because I, I truly believe that in these last 10 nights when my daughter was sick in the hospital, that that's what got her out in four days. She did start her treatment, which um, is injected straight into her spine. Because if y'all remember, she has an autoimmune encephalitis. So her body is attacking her brain. Um, and it's not pretty uh, but the treatment we hope will work, make the awe. Actually, part of yesterday's baraka was that our neurologist contacted us on a Sunday and said, I'm so glad we started the treatment because as it turns out, her studies are all positive. They indicate that the disease is back. So we will be treating aggressively before she decompensates, you know, before anything worse happens. So inshallah, from here on out, it's going to be on the up and up. So please continue your dua and let us know how we can make the powerful dua for you to help you out too. I mean, I'm so glad to hear that. And I'm glad that your mommy instincts, because you've been kind of watching it. You're very watchful. Mm -hmm. So I know you've been talking about it for a while. So the fact that you got that, I would say moms know better. Um, and you happen they to be do. a doctor too. So that worked out. Trust the hair that worked, on the back of your neck. <laughs> exactly. When you always feel like something seems a little bit off, it's up to you as a mom to be an advocate for your child. So good 100%. for you um, for doing that. And I'm so glad to hear that Rania is doing better. Alhamdulillah. So, so thankful. But I did want to, you know, we're going to continue our power mom. Speaking of power moms, we are joined today um, by Caitlin Abdul-Rahman, an amazing mom of three. She is a self-described problem solver who saw a problem that needed to be fixed. Caitlin is a marketing consultant and business strategist. And after serving her local hospitals and approximating the number of Muslim workers on the front lines of this COVID pandemic that needed iftar meals delivered, she committed to doing just that. And on-call halal was born. Thank you so much, Caitlin, for joining us. Thank you guys for having me. Before we talk about On Call Halal, let's talk about the amazing person that you are. Tell us about your family background and your mom's story, please. Um, okay. Thank you for all of that. Um, so I was born and raised in Kansas City area. Um, I became Muslim in 2008 after studying Islam for a few years. And I have three kids. Um, I play soccer on an all, like mostly, it's probably like 90% Muslim women's uh, team, but we've been on a hiatus because of COVID. We'll be definitely um, sharing an episode, I think, uh, about that, like how to ease back into life as we know it. Mm -hmm. um, but that's going to come up because I do think as moms, uh, we're not only worried about ourselves, we're worried about our family. And I know for a lot of kids, like going out and the sports and the social interaction is very important for their own personal mental health. Oh, so yeah. we're kind of like in this cross, like trying to figure out what's going to be best for our kids. Um, but the reality of the situation is honestly, we're all doing the best we can. We're going to do the best that we can at the end of the day. But mm -hmm. the one thing I wanted to ask was, why did you decide? It doesn't seem like, like Usma has a little bit of a medical background. Um, so this is something that she said, she was like, oh my God, this is so amazing. Do you have anybody in the medical uh, fighting on the front lines that made you kind of think I have to help them? Okay, that's a great question. So I feel like, first of all, we all have like a medical connection because if you've ever been to like a hospital or anything, you, you know, experience that. But I myself had some health issues. So I spent 
a lot of time in a hospital and was very grateful to have good nurses and doctors. Um, then when my daughter was born, she had um, mm-hmm. a health issue that she was born with, which meant I spent um, two Ramadans in a row in a hospital. Um, my sister is a labor and delivery nurse. And then a lot of my friends and they're either in the medical field or they're married to somebody in the medical field. So it is kind of, um, it's not something I'm personally involved in, but it's just, I feel like it's all around me. And I really feel like it's probably all around everybody. So that's where you got the idea for On Call Halal. Tell us about how that evolved. Sure, sure. So um, basically, one of the precursors is that I have I had this store called The Souk, which was like an online Islamic lifestyle boutique that we went to like Isna and Mass. That turned into or was in addition to the Global Caravan, which was like a pop-up um, supporting other local Muslim entrepreneurs and um, mostly female entrepreneurs, but it was kind of, you know, mixed. And so last year during Ramadan, we did a pop-up at this really cool food hall in downtown Kansas City. And then we also did a pop-up at Williams-Sonoma. So it was really cool to see, like, that's like my dream is to see, like, the Kansas City that I grew up with and all of the Muslim amazing businesses and people that I know converge into, like, this beautiful, like, I don't know, serendipitous thing that it should be anyway. And so I just kind of like facilitating that hap- to make that happen. And so before the pandemic, um, I had actually secured this location in this really awesome part of Kansas City. Um, and we were going to have a pop-up there that was going to be the Global Caravan, but this time it was going to be a month long. And each night there was going to be a different community iftar um, that would highlight a different halal restaurant in Kansas City. So it was really amazing. Everything was just falling right into place. And then pandemic of course, happened. right, you know, you can't do that in a pandemic. You can't have people coming together when they need to be apart. So uh, that was the pivot. And the pivot was how can we still support these halal restaurants? And also who else can we help and who else needs help? And then, you know, as I would hear from my friends and my sister, just trying to find like PPE at some points or just trying to figure out like what was the best thing to do and like just hearing about how getting food delivered was like a lifesaver for her multiple times because the cafeteria staff had been furloughed or the cafeteria wasn't open as often because they didn't have a safe way to do it for the staff and all of the patients. So I was like, this is going to be insane when Ramadan comes and they already probably have a hard time finding food. I love that you use the word pivot, right? Because that really, you do, you have to kind of think on your toe. And I think that's your marketing background coming into play. Like, okay, this is not working out. So like, how can we now turn this into something else? And the fact that you've created this win-win situation where you are highlighting these other halal restaurants and promoting them in a time where they probably need that extra help is such an amazing thing. Thank you. No, I mean, I wanted to keep the momentum going um, that I had built up getting all these people excited about this pop-up event who really had never heard about halal or knew that some of the restaurants in Kansas City that they love were actually halal Mm -hmm. restaurants. They didn't know that. And so I want, I had so much community buy-in that I was like, okay, we have to keep this momentum going, but let's just figure out a way and Kansas City is a special place. Awesome. Logistically, what you accomplished through On Call Halal this Ramadan is like, can I tell you, I did it for three nights and it was like literally an act of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala trying to get it to work. I was like, I need to ask her logistically how she figured this out and like time management because you have your own Ramadan to do, right? Like, so you're still 
doing all your mommy stuff. You're still working. You're totally in the weeds as a mom with a seven, five and a two year old. Oh my God. So how did you figure, how did you manage your time to stagger this out? Because I literally had to outsource it. I was like, I can't have anything to do with this. I'm writing a check. Here you go. That's great. Um, so outsourcing is the number one key. I'm sure you guys have heard of, uh, Sada from Salam Sada. Yes. But that is probably the single best piece of advice that she ever gave me. And it was outsource what you can't do better than somebody else. Yes. Mm. So like, I don't, I can't, I mean, I can clean, but I can't clean that well. <laughs> right. So, I mean, I'm sure there's somebody who can clean better than me. So it's like outsourcing the things that moms typically don't think to outsource, like that don't take them away from their child more than they need mm-hmm. to be. Because if you're trying to keep, clean and cook, then on top of working, when you are with your kids, you're still actually not with Mm -hmm. them. Right. Right. So, um, figuring out how to do those things and outsourcing that stuff that doesn't really matter who does it. That was a big part of it. But also right before the pandemic happened, um, we had a bunch of house guests. So there were nine of us in one house. So there was a lot of helping hands. Yeah. Wow. So quarantining with nine people um, made all of this possible. So alhamdulillah. That's a positive way of looking at it. I love that. Yes. Yes. Um, they were there. And so they, of course, wanted to help, right? Oh, alhamdulillah. That worked out. Yeah. No, because there's nothing else to do, right? Right. I mean, everybody, honestly, by like week two of quarantine, we were all like, what can we do? Yes. What can we, how can we do anything? Right. So. But honestly, the coordinating, the biggest part is just being persistent and not giving up because I had five different hospitals that I reached out to and they all got back to me at different times. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I don't know. And then by the time the third one had gotten back to me, I was like, okay, we got to stop here so we can like actually take this to where it needs to go. And then, you know, the restaurants, that part was actually easy because, mashallah, all of the restaurant partners were like dreams. Like those are exactly the people that you would want to work with Mm. as a restaurant partner. So for sure, Mm -hmm. there's no way this could have happened if Allah didn't want to happen. Like no way. Yeah. From the bank accounts, like starting a business in a pandemic. Mm -mm. I should write a book about that. I mean, it's insane. Um, And then I had amazing sponsors and an amazing team that, you know, we basically were committed to equity, transparency, and everything from the beginning. And that was part of like what helped it go and last as long, I think. Obviously, this Ramadan was different because we have this looming pandemic over our head, right? Do you see On Call Halal, like how do you see the future post-pandemic, or as my kids are lovingly calling it, PP? And then starting to laugh. So post-pandemic, how are you seeing On Call Halal moving forward? Sure. So even before next Ramadan, inshallah, we have plans to serve the community in other ways. Um, It's not going to be donation-based the way that it was. And it will be like another arm of the company that will hopefully, inshallah, um, you know, make money, but also make money that can go towards funding projects like the meal delivery during Ramadan in the future, but there's a, there's such a huge need. I mean, I wish I could explain every single message that we got during Ramadan, uh, from the doctors who wanted their meals to go to furloughed employees. Um, the students who were like, Hey, there's hungry people on our street. Is there any way that we can feed them too? And I mean, it was just like every single person had somebody else that they thought was more deserving of their meal than them. And they were very deserving. So, um, and also just to clarify, this was not a need-based, um, program. So we weren't providing meals to 
hospital workers because they were in need financially. It was a convenience factor. We did have some uh, Muslim halal restaurants over here where meals were sponsored and they prepared them and then would deliver them to the refugees and stuff. So uh, like I just see that this one, it's kind of like a domino effect that Mm -hmm. you started. Yeah. Where it just, everybody who received benefit from on-call halal is just passing it on. So, you know, I can see where this would just keep wrapping around and around. And I'm hoping that more halal businesses will pick up on that. Inshallah. And you know, I think one of the things that this really highlighted is that every single hospital, they were like, we don't care if there's a pandemic or not next year. We want to figure out how to do this again for our staff because this was so important. And they honestly, they felt really bad that they had never realized how much they were not supporting their Muslim staff Mm -hmm. during Ramadan every single year. But that's how like, stuff can get fixed is by having these hard conversations. And honestly, like I said, all of the hospitals are like, we wish we would have known. And I truly think that if they had the understanding and the and the knowledge of it sooner, they would have all done something sooner, you know? And Alhamdulillah, you've created, you've fixed a problem and created a solution. So for those of us who don't want to fall on our faces next year, <laughs> trying to do what you were doing. Do you have like a prep kit or something mm-hmm. that the business is also developing so that other cities, other locales can yeah. bring something like this to, to our communities? Yeah, absolutely. Inshallah, like we are working with a few people to not just make it scalable for like us to go to the other cities where we already have connections, but for anybody to do it in their city. And really, I mean, all you need is to just build your network if it's not already built and then you probably know somebody who can get you to the right person already. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. we, we definitely want to support anybody who has the intention to do anything like this um, all over the country and all over the world, honestly. And we, we do know that there are a lot of people who um, are feeding the front lines, like in any capacity right now. Um, but during Ramadan, it was especially important to have it there at the right times. And honestly, I might even say that Suhoor was more important for some of them than iftar. Yeah, because that kind of sets up your entire day, right? So that's what I found fascinating is that you were able to get suhoor there as well as iftars. Uh, yeah. <laughs> She's like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, that was quite quite a lot of work. I saw pictures of you delivering meals too. Yeah, I did. I did almost every day at least one delivery. So, but that's that's also the commitment that you have to make is like, if you want something like this to happen so last minute, you have to be willing and ready to fill in wherever you need to as often as you need to. So, so we actually have a question right now that do you, like I said, just kind of tags onto what I, what I had asked you earlier, but do you see this this time next year um, going nationwide? Yeah. um, Nationwide and much more um, organized than this year. So we learned so much. Uh, We got, we have feedback surveys that are going out to the hospitals, I think later this week um, and the restaurant partners. And we just, you know, we learned so many things um, that that information and that feedback will be so helpful to anybody else who wants to do it next year too, including the hospitals, um, just to have like all those logistical things kind of spelled out so they know which department to delegate it to. And, you know, next year, inshallah, we won't be in a pandemic, so they can figure out funding for it as well. Because um, when it's coming from the hospital and not donor-based and like with everything we've learned, we have found a way for it to make more financial sense um, for the hospitals too and for the restaurants. So it's all good. It's all good. I mean, it was, 
a big learning experience for sure. I love it. I can't wait to read all that you've learned so that we can start applying it and getting ready for our hospital systems out here. Um, as a mom, uh, tell me how you explained your work to your kids, because I mean, you're personally vested, personally involved in doing the legwork. So how are you explaining to your kids during Ramadan? Like, hey, mommy has to do this. Tell me what your your conversation was with them. Sure. So um, they wanted to come with me a lot, which I didn't allow them to because I just I didn't want to expose them. Like I was driving up to the hospital and there was somebody coming into the car and you know, we just don't know. We didn't know. We still don't know. Right. And so I'm like, I'm sorry, you guys, like, I would love to take you, but also can't do that. It's try to minimize as much exposure. Um, but I, I explained to them what we were doing and they saw all of the articles and they saw like when I would be on the news and they'd be like, wow, mommy, you're doing a good thing. And I'm Aww. like, yeah, well, you guys are going to get the reward for it too, because this is a sacrifice on their part too. Right. So, um, yeah, they felt proud. About Aww, that. Um, I and that they were helping a little bit and they did, they would help however they could. So, yeah. I love that. So the one thing um, that you mentioned when we first started talking um, with you at the beginning of this conversation was like when you became a mom and like in celebrating um, holidays and, and, and making your own traditions. And obviously we're in the middle of our three day um, celebration. What have you done to help foster some of that festivity in your children as an American Muslim mother? So for me, like, um, obviously not growing up Muslim, I still grew up with holidays and those traditions that my family had were different from other families. So I took the things that were specific to my family and like things that my mom did. And I just used those things in our, for our holidays. So like, for instance, my mom would always have everything done for any holiday, like not just Christmas. And it would all be set up. Like we'd go to bed and the house would look one way and we'd wake up the next morning and it would be completely transformed. Mm, wow. And so she did this like secret magic at night. And so I like to do that for my kids too, where they're like, I wonder what it's going to look like tomorrow. And they're, you know, so excited to come and see whatever they can. Also matching pajamas was always a big thing for us. <laughs> I, I totally feel you. That's Osma. She <laughs> loves the matching PJs. <laughs> It's it's amazing. And my kids like love it. And they're like, they'll wear them all year, you know, and they'll be like, oh, Until we're wearing our Easton Exactly. Yeah. Well, mine do that because they're so insanely expensive. I'm like, I'm not buying you another pair this year. <laughs> they are. They are. But I also love that it's supporting Muslim businesses. Absolutely. I mean, that's kind of what we do. We do like uh, decorating. We just do all of the, the traditions that I grew up with that are not like religion specific mm -hmm. because my family honestly wasn't very religious growing up anyway. Um, but culturally, and we take those same cultural traditions and we just make them unique to our family that is American Muslim. Islamicize them. Yeah, Absolutely. Great. I love it. I love it. it. <laughs> Islamicize it. <laughs> yes. So tell us where um, people can find out more about On Call Halal, especially those of us who want to establish something like this in our communities. Where can we find you guys? So OnCallHalal.com. Um, and then we're on Facebook at On Call Halal KC. Um, and Instagram on call halal KC, but we also have like the on call halal just with no city after it. And that's going to be inshallah where you'll find the ways that you can get it in your city or request it in your city or, um, all the other resources that hopefully inshallah we'll have in the next few months, um, available to get prepared because you really have to start preparing right now to do it mm -hmm. like the best way. You know? Absolutely. I yeah. believe you. And we just so appreciate that you did something of this scale that's so difficult to do when 
there's already so many difficult things on our plates, right? Mm -hmm. Keeping the kids entertained, keeping them educated, keeping our work from home situation from falling apart, like all the things. And then to add something else that inshallah brought you so much hasana. Um, I mean, we're just praying for you, especially because you set such an important example and started these hospitals having the difficult conversations. Kudos to you. And alhamdulillah, like, I'm just so glad that you are the face of this. A strong mom, like that's what, you know, we just want everybody to know, like, y'all, we've got it in us. All of us are capable of this. It's never, yes, we are already juggling seven balls at a time. Adding one more may seem impossible, but you did it and you're still alive. Yeah. And I honestly think only a mom could do that. Yes. Only a mom right. could do that, right? So we're going to be honest right there. The, 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 like the fact that we can multitask, have kids hanging off our legs and then typing with one hand. And I'm definitely looking forward to seeing how a momming well Muslim can help um, facilitate that because we are nationwide. We're like East Coast, West Coast, and in the middle. So let us know. Please reach out and keep us in your listserv because we're definitely going to be reaching out to you and how we can help um, help you. Helping other Muslim moms is something that we personally feel very passionate about and whatever we can do we definitely want to help you out i just want to say thank you again for having me and thank you for what you're doing and to every mom out there like you guys you got this mashallah keep it up and follow your dreams and do what you're doing you're doing awesome alhamdulillah thanks so much caitlin Thanks again for joining Zeba and Uzma on Momming While Muslim today. Please email us your thoughts or questions and follow us on Facebook and Instagram because this podcast was designed to cater your needs. Make sure you check out the show notes to find the links and resources for this episode. And remember to help a mama out and leave a review of the show as well as to like it on your podcast app of choice because that helps us grow. Tune in next week for another episode of Momming While Muslim. Assalamu alaikum, everyone. Thank you.